Welcome to the Side Yard Sidebar. Grab your beverage of choice and find a seat around the fire pit. Make yourself comfortable and we'll sit around and maybe watch a couple ducks land on the pond as we bring you discussion with substance and the best visitors from Boise and beyond. This is the Side Yard Sidebar. Welcome to the Side Yard Sidebar. We are happy to have you with us, and we will kick off the night with your host, Zach, and your co-host and producer, Dusty, That's by me. talking about our drink of choice tonight. And Dusty, why don't you kick us off? What would you decide? Uh, tonight I'm doing a Tito's and soda with a little bit of lime. Sounds refreshing. Yeah, it is. Very light, very uh, simple. Warm day. So that sounds definitely very good. Yeah. I went with the Chardonnay. Before this, I was at dinner and had, you know, somewhat of a fancier Chardonnay. I don't drink that much wine. So I decided to go to the store and get a cheap Chardonnay to see if I could tell the difference. Can you? Um, a little bit. Not very much, though. All right. It tastes all right. <laughs> and then I also got some Gushers, so we might pass those around later. You can't go wrong with those uh, fruit snacks. No way. I remember those from elementary school. They were the best. You know it. The age group we have here tonight, I thought Gushers, perfect snack for halftime. We may yep. have to take a pause, pass out the Gushers, and then kick off the second half later. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about right away, as I pulled up, I saw some of this, but will you please tell people we've had some changes to the side yard lately. What is happening? Give us an update. So we had a huge sycamore tree out front that was diseased and dying and my wife decided let's just take it out so we paid um some of our uh acquaintances who have a a tree removal business and they came out took it out today so huge like 70 some foot sycamore gone no more shade <laughs> in the front your front yard seemed naked when I pulled up, I like to park under that sycamore, Yeah, and now I feel disoriented. Yep. Sorry. No, that's all right. I'll plant another one for you. Well, the other thing we did talk about with Zach was the well. What's the update on that? The pump? The guys were coming out the next yes. day, and what's going on? Yeah, so that uh, company that I told you about, they showed up on Friday. Um, huge shout-out to Davis Well and Pump out of Nampa. Um, Corky Davis came out Friday, looked at it. No joke. Touches one wire starts working. And I was just like, Oh, are you kidding me? I look like an idiot. So I went and turned, tried it again and it didn't work. So redemption for me, he replaced a little, uh, component on the pump. Good as new, ready to go. Electrical type of component or yep. okay. Something just that tripped to say, turn on. Corky with the magic touch. Oh, he was awesome. There you go. He was he was great. Uh, helpful. Yeah, huge shout out if you have a well in the Treasure Valley area. Corky Davis, Davis Well and Pump. Uh, awesome guy. That's amazing. Way to go, Corky. We love your service and the side yard pump and well is back on track. We do want to uh, do a shout out for the side yard Instagram as our show develops, we get uh, comments from listeners. We also are still developing what we want this to be, 
quite frankly. And where you can find us for some pictures, some updates on what's going on, is the Side Yard Instagram. If you go to the underscore side underscore yard, you can find us there. Tell a friend about what we're doing. Um, you know, forward your favorite podcast to them. Tell them to listen. And then on the Instagram page, let us know if you have a question that you want us to talk about, maybe a topic or maybe, you know, a special guest that you would recommend and we can look through and, um, you know, maybe not cover all of them because we're already getting feedback as it is, but we will look at them and cover as many as we can. Oh, yeah. So we appreciate your feedback and we look forward to hearing from you. Check out the Instagram page. And um, you'll see some cool pictures and content there. Yep. And I have to give a quick shout out today. 13 year anniversary marriage with my wife. Oh, there you go. Huge. So um, shout out to Kara. 13 years. I love you. Lucky 13. Yeah, I I think today we're, we're starting our 14th. So 13, she commented, this year was great. I only think we had one big fight. So... (laughs) <laughs> Only one big fight, yeah. and we're recording a podcast on your anniversary. Yeah, which she's I already asleep. Guess is a, oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> it's bedtime. <laughs> the late night recordings. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Kara, Dusty, we wish you a happy, you know, 13 more years and beyond. Yeah. But awesome. And thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Let's jump over to our visitor, and we will like to welcome our visitor. And first thing we'll do is introduce our visitor, Becca Marsden, and yes, she is here, she's excited, and we want to start by saying, what's your drink of choice tonight? What did you choose? I chose a little New Age, thank you, Dusty. You're welcome, we always get our guests what they want. What I wanted, he asked me what I wanted, with a little ice and a little lime, it's delicious. Another refreshing summer beverage. Perfect for summer. Can't go wrong with the New Age, it's so good. Thank you for um, sharing that. And as we do with each of our visitors, we just want to talk about, you know, give you a couple minutes to tell people who you are, give us a little bit of a bio, and then we'll jump in from there. Okay. Well, yeah. My name is Becca Marston. I am pretty awesome, and I have a lot to share, and I don't know that two minutes is going to do it, but I'll do my best. (laughs) Please. Okay, so I grew up in South America till I was eight and then moved to Los Angeles, California, which was about as different from from South America as you can get. I think we're going to talk about that in a little while. And then I grew up in L.A. in one of the most affluent parts of America. No joke. It makes those lists frequently. And went from the slums of South America to the richest people in America, which was crazy. So... Did that, and then I left for college and never went back to L.A. Hated it down there, so <laughs> couldn't couldn't go back. Anyway, went to Seattle Pacific University for college and met my awesome husband, Hot Mike. He's so fantastic, and we stayed in Seattle, got married, stayed in Seattle. I was in Seattle for 10 years, and then we moved here to Boise. Woo, Boise! We've been here for 11 years now. We have two kids. Ellie is nine, and Bennett is seven. And um, they're fighting like crazy now that school's out, and they're driving me crazy. It's 
awesome. That's what happens in summer, summer. break. Well, you're welcome, parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, about six years ago, I got my real estate license. I've been doing real estate since then. It's been hot and awesome, and I love it. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit later, too. So how's that? That's a great bio. You really brought the energy. That's exactly what we need here at the Side Yard Sidebar. Very nicely done. So based on your bio, we did want to talk about um, you growing up in another country. Mm-hmm. And then maybe just share about that into that transition where you moved um, to L.A. and mm-hmm. what a fluent area was that. Mm-hmm. And tell us more. Yeah. So I grew up in Medellin, Colombia. That's how you say it in Spanish. You guys want to try it? No. <laughs> Colombia. Well, I could say Colombia. Medellin. Medellin. Okay, so Medellin. It, that's right. It was the drug capital of the world when I lived there. And why um, were you? Yeah, why? Why? Why were you there? For the drugs, obviously. <laughs> JK. Dude, that's so, where you built all your wealth to move to the richest right. part of LA. That's right. It's all making sense down. No, yeah. my parents were missionaries, so they started a church down there, and um, my dad was a pastor. So I was a missionary kid, a pastor's kid, all that Missionary of what type of church? Covenant church. Just a covenant is a denomination, a lot like it's just a Protestant church denomination okay. here. Okay. Like, Do you. Do you speak Spanish? I do. I learned Spanish and English at the same time, so I'm fluent in Spanish. Can you say something to our Spanish-speaking listeners? ¿Cómo están? Es un placer hablar con ustedes. How's that? Yeah. Okay. No, that's amazing, and we'll <laughs> get we'll get you a little later and pay you a little extra to do some uh, intro work for our <laughs> Spanish-speaking friends. Okay, so you're going up there. Continue. Yes. So from where I lived and just kind of comfortable you know, where the white people lived and, and probably the higher class Colombians. That's where my family lived. From our house, we could see people who lived in little shacks made out of, you know, wood and, and scraps found on the streets and stuff. So that's kind of what I grew up with. That's what, that was the beginning of my childhood was, was seeing those kinds of things. I was very protected. I went to a missionary school with all the other dorky missionary kids and, um, and then all of a sudden things got too dangerous in Colombia. So my family had to uproot and leave Colombia because missionaries were being killed and all kinds of crazy being abducted and taken and, um, killed and all kinds of, it was just too crazy. So we had to move. And who was doing that? The military or the drug runners? The drug people. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Pablo Escobar. Maybe you've heard of him. So um, anyway, we ended up ha- coming back to the States. And because my dad was a, a um, covenant pastor, we ended up at a covenant church in L.A. in a town called Palos Verdes. Palos uh, Verdes. Palos Verdes, if you were going to say it in Spanish, but no one there does. So they <laughs> say Palos Verdes. And um, I went to ended up going to high school with kids who drove Hummers and got Hummers and BMWs for their 16th birthday. So it was kind of like the opposite of what I had experienced growing up in Columbia. Was your high school special in any way? Like, was it just like a 
Like it was a beautiful high school or just like a high school? It was a beautiful high school on the top of a hill overlooking the Pacific Ocean on all sides, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> um, but when I first got to America and to my elementary school, um, being straight off the missionary field, my mom said, okay, we're going to we're gonna get you here, settled into your new elementary school. So I'm going to take you to Joanne Fabrics, and you can pick out whatever fabric you want, and I'm going to make you three pairs of culottes. So I got to go to Joanne Fabrics. Do you Just remember a what minute. What does are? that even mean? No. Okay, so culottes are long shorts, like knee-length oh, the, shorts. the short pants, long shorts. Yes. Which have never really worked for anyone. So <laughs> I think my mom thought they would work. What designs or colors did you choose? Okay, Do you so remember? I picked really ugly ones, bright yellow with people all over them, different colored people, and then some bright green, like the ugliest fabric you could imagine. And my mom made me, so no one else had homemade clothing at the school I was at, okay? Except for me. I had three pairs of culottes. So I showed up to school in my homemade culottes, and from the very first day, I knew that I was totally different from everyone else. So it took a little bit of time. Uh, I was super shy when I was little. Um, All through elementary school, I was like painfully shy, just really, really unsure of myself and, and not good at reaching out and making friends and stuff. But thankfully, in junior high, I came out of my shell and finally was able to make friends and ditched the culottes and made a few friends. So, What do you remember about the transition? Because one thing that stood out when you talked about Columbia is, you know, kind of being living on the good side of the tracks, if you will, but mm-hmm. but being right next to the bad side of the tracks and being able to see that and going from that situation into like you said, a, a super affluent neighborhood. Mm-hmm. What were the biggest things that stood out to you as a kid? Do you remember what some of those yeah, things were? Yeah, it's kind of funny because I flip-flopped sides of the track almost, you know, sides of the tracks. Because in Columbia, I was probably the rich one. I had the house and the cars and, you know, the nice things where I could see the people who didn't have those things. And then we came to America and I was on the other side of that. And I saw all the people around me who had all the and really did, nice like, things. Like, did you feel feel that and recognize Absol- it immediately? My, and even all the way through high school, I did. Even when, you know, I it, and it always mattered. It, and it wasn't like we didn't have anything. Even in high school, I mean, we had a great house. We, you know, I, I had a What'd you car drive? to drive. Oh, gosh. I drove. So at first, I drove my mom's Buick LeSabre. She was silver. Yes. Her name was Alice. Hey, was Buick, great. man. When okay. I saw saw those Shack commercials, can't go wrong with a Buick. Yeah, oh, yeah, she was she was pretty. She fit a lot of people, so that was great. And then when I got, first got my own car, I got a '79. No, was it '89? '89 Toyota Tercel, Corky. <laughs> he was blue, two door. Wait, and what did you say? Corky. Corky was his name. And we had Corky from the Well and Pump. Oh yeah, perfect. Oh, oh my gosh, the full circle moment. Full it's circle. so good. <laughs> But here's the thing about Corky, the the car, is that my dad finally, I left for college and my dad sold Corky to someone we knew, a friend of the family or something like that. And um, this friend of the family, about two days after my dad sold him Corky, the car, he was driving down the freeway with his kids and Corky caught fire and his kids 
got trapped in the car. He had to like break the windows no. again. No. Yeah. Are you kidding wow. me? Yeah. No, I'm not. So what happens is now my dad's feeling so guilty that he sold a friend this car that yeah. caught fire and his kids almost died. And he's thinking like that could have been me just two days. You know, it was like a two day thing. So so then I got a, a he went out and bought me a brand new Honda Civic after that. There you go. But did did you name cars? Like she had well, who was Alice? Alice and Corky? The Silver Bullet, yeah, and then Corky. Did you ever name a car? I never did. Thing? I think Danielle no? did. I, I never did. I mean, I really enjoyed my first car and uh my grandpa had bought it, restored it, you know, and I helped him a little bit. He did most of it and it was special to me, but I don't think I ever named it, no. I had so my my family has had so many cars I can't count. Oh yeah. Them. They um, do that. But one of I didn't name all of my cars because my dad would buy a new one and then I would be stuck driving that until he sold it, and then I'd get whatever car. He, but I had a '66 uh, Mustang that was named Ginger. Ginger. And I sold that Mustang. Is it red? No, it was Tahoe blue. Oh. And or like a turquoise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sold it to buy Kara an engagement ring. Oh my wow. gosh, that's so romantic! And I regret that decision. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So I, it was totally worth it. My first was 1962 Mercury Comet, three on the tree, completely oh, wow. restored, great paint job, wow. white on the outside, red on the inside. I went to Boise High, yeah, and so cool you know cars. the Boise High colors. And for mine, um, when I got out of high school, joined the military, I gave it to my brother, and then he was able to use it through high school. Wow. Um, so interesting that you sell yours for an engagement ring. I pass mine on to my brother, so he has his car, and then <laughs> mine catches fire on yes. the freeway and kills two oh, people. Oh, that is so crazy! <laughs> it didn't kill almost, them. It was almost. close. Yeah, was close. but the thing was, is that I was driving the the '89 Toyota Tercel when many of my classmates were driving brand new BMWs and right. that kind of thing. So there was a little it was a little bit challenging. But anyway. So of that experience, the the last question on this one and then we can shift gears. What values do you think that taught you? Like your experience of living in another country and then that transition to the super wealthy area. If you think of like core values or who you are now what are a couple of those that stand out? Yeah, I, that's so good. I think, especially now as a mom, raising my kids, just the importance of surrounding ourselves with people from all walks of life and who experience all different kinds of things and different cultures and um, people who have and people who don't have and um, teaching my kids that it's not all about the things that you have and how much money you have, but it's about, you know, doing good things with the things that you do have and, um, giving our kids experiences. We took our kids to Thailand, um, where they were able to see kind of the things that I saw as a little kid in Colombia, um, people who certainly do not have nearly as much of what we have. And, um, just really being, focused on that with my kids that I want them to grow up knowing that they have so much and it might not be as much as those people over there but it's so much compared to so much uh, so so many parts of the world and I just want them to to really um, be aware of that and be cognizant of that and to use that for really good 
that travel and experience is so important and that's amazing that you were able to do that and it sounds like something that you may continue to do and giving them those experiences is amazing I want to throw in a random quote this may not make the cut of our show but I just thought of it as you were explaining that and it comes from the movie Fight Club and in that movie it says the things you own end up owning you and it just made me think of that because some people have close to nothing but they what if you ask them what is their quality of life yeah are there things that they may need but their interactions with their family or loved ones may be stronger than mm. we have because we're disconnected and watching TV or, you know, kids are on the iPad while parents are on the phones and too busy to do everything. And I just really, that hit home and, and was touching. Thank you That's for good. sharing that. Thank you. Next thing we want to do is jump over in your bio. You talked about being a real estate agent mm-hmm. and Dusty and I, as we were thinking about this, podcast our first question is we wanted to know what is the difference or is there even a difference between a realtor and a real estate agent okay that is an excellent question the first thing i want to do is correct your pronunciation of realtor you said realtor and zach it's okay you're not alone that is how 90% of the human population says that word so that's the correct way it is incorrect (laughs) Well, how do you say it wrong? So it's two syllables. Real tour. Try it. Real tour. Yeah. Real tour. Yep. That's that's it. Real tour. But people put in the A. Like real. Real Real tour is not. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely put in the A. Yeah. And everyone does that. But you don't need to. It just complicates it. Is there a difference though? There is a difference. Okay. Okay. So here it is. It's easy. Real estate agent and a real tour. To be a realtor, you have to be a, a member of the National Association of Realtors, of real estate agents. Okay, so the NAR is a national organization. To be a member there, you just pay dues to them as well as to your um, local organization. So I'm, I pay dues to the Boise Regional Realtors, and I also pay it to the National Association of Realtors. And what does that get you? So I, it gets me the little realtor sign that I can use. Okay. And I get the, it's the trademark or the registered thing, right? And I also have to adhere to all of their code of ethics. They have a code of ethics that I have to abide by. So did they give you training or some sort of... So all like- of my training is uh, incorporates their code of ethics. Their, so I take special classes and all the, yeah. So I know what the, the code of ethics is. It's basically, that's the most important thing. So when you use a real estate agent, most real estate agents, oops, I'm sorry, in, uh, that are part of Boise Regional Realtors, I believe everyone has to be part of the National Association of Realtors. So everyone in, Bo- all re- real estate agents in Boise are also realtors. Okay. Are they not in other So we brought locations? this up thinking Correct. it was different, but everybody in our area is one of them. Yeah, Those. but but it's not the, that way everywhere. So there could be other associations where you don't have to be part of the NAR. And what, when you get into those places, what's the difference? They don't have to abide by the code of ethics. So they can be shady. Mm-hmm. If you're a real tour and oh, you mess something. Good job. Yes, thank you. I'm learning fast. And you mess something up. 
uh, do you have like some special law firm that backs you up or special protections, insurances, anything like that? Yeah. So we have errors and omissions insurance, which covers us if we're sued. However, if we do something totally dumb and, and do something that goes against the code of ethics, we get fined by the NAR, the National Association of Oh, Realtors. perfect. So it's a governing body. Absolutely. So if you play by the rules, something comes up, they've got your back. Yeah. They're going to help you out if you're going outside of their regulations. They're like, sorry, can't we, cover you yep. on this one. So realtors can, can get fined a ton of different ways. We can get fined for breaking the code of ethics. We can get fined if we um, break fair housing rules, like if I... Um, steer people to a neighborhood because I, they're African-American. And I think, oh, this neighborhood has a lot of African-American people. I think you would feel really comfortable here. That's breaking rules. If I, uh, I mean, there's, all, there's uh, if I don't put my brokerage name on my uh, business cards, I can get fined. There's all kinds of ways wow. that I can get fined. That I'm not covered under my errors and omissions. This is the knowledge you will only find here, people. <laughs> this yep. is why you're tuning in. We are getting educated and we're loving it. Yep. I do want to shift gears, though, here and stay in the real estate uh, space, though. We want some funny stories. We, As soon as we booked you as a guest, I said, hey, let's talk about some house showings. Do you have anything that you can share within the Code of Ethics <laughs> but that is funny or just random that you've seen when you're showing houses or open houses or whatever you're doing? Yes, absolutely. So I have two stories come to mind immediately. Can I share two? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so um, this this first one happened, gosh, within the first year I was licensed. So I was new. And the whole time you've been licensed, it's been in Treasure Valley? Absolutely. In Boise? Yep. Okay. Yep, here. So I it's only been here in, in the Boise area. So I was working with this sweet family. They had five kids at the time, and her his parents came every time we would go look at something so i would have my clients the couple their five kids and grandma and grandpa we would all go look at all the houses every time two cars um yes three cars i would drive and then they would drive two cars oh my goodness yeah because okay. of all the car seats you know so no one wanted to ride with me the whole family's going caravan Caravan style. Okay, cool. so this this family was very dear to me. I they didn't buy a house for two and a half years, so I showed them houses for two and a half years. Okay. Wow. And I'm guessing that's not normal. Right? That's not normal. Okay. But I love them. They're a great, great family. So, but this is early on in their looking. Um, the way that it works is uh, we line up about five or six houses a day. So you know, on Saturday we're going to see these six houses. So what I have to do as a realtor is I have to make appointments for each of those houses. So I call the seller or the listing agent and I say, I'd like to show this house at 10 o'clock. Does that work for the seller? And then they tell me yes or no. And then I line up all six appointments, right? So I have to coordinate with each of the sellers to make sure that it's going to work and we can come and, and make sure it all pans out, right? So really, really yep. quick, some of those are like a lockbox on the door, but all even for those ones... Yep. Because some it's seller occupied. Yeah. So a lot of occupied. most houses are occupied. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize. I that. mean, sometimes they're they're vacant, but a lot so of the time. Even if they're vacant, though, either way, you've got to call ahead and get your. If they're vacant, I don't. But oh, I have okay. to plan out my whole house tour. Okay. Perfect. Okay. 
So um, we were running late. This house that I was going to show, it was toward the end of the house tour, okay? So I'm showing about four houses before this one. We're running late. So I had been in communication with the seller of this particular house several times throughout the day, texting him, hey, we're running about, you know, the initial, can I show it at 11? Sure. And then several contacts after that, we're running 10 minutes late or whatever, okay? Several points of contact, not just one. Sure, no problem, yep. There's a dog in the garage, just so you know, nothing else, okay? So we get to the house, me, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, five kids. Yeah. Open the door, open the lockbox, get in the door. We all go inside and we start looking around. Nothing's weird. And the first door to the left is the office door and it's closed. And I think, oh, that's weird. Well, I know it's the office because it's a very typical layout of a lot of houses here in Boise. So we open the door and all of us, the whole crew right behind me, we all step into the office and laying there on a hospital bed is about a 350 pound naked, mostly naked, man attached to a ventilator <laughs> laying on a hospital bed. <laughs> Zach and I are looking at each other like, <laughs> what? what? So <laughs> me... Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, five kids are all standing there in this small office with this 350-pound sleeping or dead, who knows, mostly naked man. And we're just hearing that psh, psh of the ventilator. And I'm I have no speechless. idea what to do. <laughs> so what'd you do? So what'd you do? What was your first, like, just... So Did you I freeze said, oh, or? So, oh, I guess we should leave. So we all back out and and I said, do you guys want to see the rest of the house? And they said, yep. So we looked at the rest of the house. Whoa. <laughs> Those are the perfect cli- perfect clients because they're just like, yeah, if we just saw this at the front. Let's see the rest. Bring they, it on. Did you ever figure out what the no. deal was? So why they told me about the dog in the garage. Why would they not tell me about the naked man in the office? I just was totally clueless as Wait, to why they wouldn't ever mention they it. They is the person that was laying on the bed, right? No, they, oh. that person was an invalid. They <laughs> Are you kidding me? So the seller... So they knew, the seller knew there was a person the in The seller had there. a naked person. And, and never and mentioned it to me. And, yeah. Maybe the office door was supposed to be locked or something? I don't know. Oh, my so, gosh. Needless to say, they did not purchase that house. Okay, so that's my first That was intriguing. Story. Yes, let's quickly move on to the next <laughs> one. That is so weird. That's intense. Okay, so the second story is, um, you grew up here, Zach? Yes, I did. Okay, so there's a street out in South Boise down by Birds of Prey called Hollyland. It's South out- Cole. Yes, okay. exactly. So it's this one road out in the middle of nowhere. There's hardly anything. There's maybe 10 houses Is that on the it. one where you go all the way to where it ends and take a left? Exactly. Okay. So there's like 10 houses, maybe 15. They're all on about five acres. Okay. So they're pretty, they're big kind of estate style homes, big lots, that kind of thing. Okay. Turns out it's the same family seeing this house. Oh, wait, 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 no, no. These are the different, these are different clients. I apologize. Go see this house, <clears throat> beautiful home on the most incredible property you've ever seen. Pool. I mean, we're talking like a, a seven at the time. It's probably worth more more now, but this is five years ago. Seven hundred thousand dollar property at the time was, you know, it's a lot. 
Yeah. Beautiful house, probably about 5,000 square feet, five acres, just gorgeous property. The, the upstairs and the main level were beautiful. You would have no idea what was waiting for you in the basement. So we look around the whole house. It's just absolutely stunning, beautiful. Have you heard this, Dusty? No, okay, I haven't. So, Like it had just been remodeled or just the style? Just, was it was just, just nice. Very, it was just okay. a beautiful house, just really tastefully done. Um my clients were thinking this was really nice. It was a little far out, you know, because it's like down on the street, way down by the birds of prey, but really nicely done. And the property was just beautiful. So then we thought, okay, well, let's go down to the basement and see what's down here. You guys, total dungeon, walls painted, chains coming out of the walls. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what do you call that? Like kinky stuff? Oh, not you, a so a dungeon as in sex dungeon. Yeah, are you allowed to say you that? You can say that here. <laughs> yeah. You can say that here. What do you call wow. that? I don't know. A sex I, dungeon. I oh, um, S and S and M. S and M. Yeah. So like chains and weird. The whole basement was. It had a bar with like strange stuff. And again, there were kids with us, so we're down in this basement, and we're all looking at each other like, this wasn't in the listing. <laughs> We didn't know this is what we were going to find down here. A little bit awkward with me and my clients. Didn't quite know how to handle that. But um, so there you go. Do you, you think in the pricing, oh that's goodness. what like took it from six fifty to 7 <laughs> Probably. Because of that? Or did it go from seven fifty to down to 7 I, I guess it depends on the client. I'm sure they thought it was an added value. I am sure. Yeah, that so, was something. Excuse me. Um, You've had a ton of clients. Mm-hmm. I know you're amazing. Because you. you helped us find the house we're currently in Thank and you, the side yard. And yeah. I've heard you're heavily awarded this last year for your successes. Oh, yeah. Tell us uh, about that. Well, this is kind of cool. So there's the Boise Regional Realtors does a an award called the Top Producer Award. And so if you, may, if you close $3 million or more in sales in a year, you get a Top Producer Award. So That's I you? Did, well, I did nine million. Yes. I wow. know. Oh my gosh. Well, That's actually, awesome. what's really sad is I did three thousand dollars short of nine million. Oh. <laughs> so we call it. We'll call it nine. Can we round? Yes. Up? Okay. Absolutely. Is this against your ethics to explain this to me? Like you made nine million? No, or no, you, no. You sold that amount sold, and you had your commission. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's like you add up the the sold price of all the houses you sold amazing and it added up to nine million do, well done well, do real tours short of nine million follow the abc's a always b b c closing always be closing always be closing oh i should do that you don't it no. sounds like you already do it if you were three thousand short of nine million <laughs> heck yeah here is can i say what's this? your acronym yes do you have a little motivational speech you give yourself I, you guys know, this is what I, this is what's most important to me is to, it's all about relationships for me. Like I value relationships with my clients so much. So the always be closing is awesome, but if it's not right for my clients, then that goes out the window. Okay. Round of applause for our special visitor. Thank you. It was, that was teamwork. Becca's amazing. That was teamwork. Last one on real estate before we shift gears again is when you look at Boise, maybe give us one specific area in Boise that's your favorite, that you really enjoy, um, that's fun to show houses at, and then maybe in the greater Treasure Valley area, if you want to, 
or if there's just one that really sticks out that you enjoy the most? One area. Oh my gosh. All the areas are so different and offer so many different things. Give us maybe, maybe then it's one in each kind of category. Okay. Maybe limit it to three. I love the bench because of all the mid-century stuff going on up there. I love mid-century modern stuff. It's like, oh, so good. And there's some properties up there that have been, I just had a listing um, a couple months ago that had 29 showings in 18 hours. Wow. Wrap your heads around that. And yeah, it was great. Went for 40,000 over asking or over listing and all that kind of stuff. But that area is so fun because there's still houses up there that you can find for a pretty good deal that need to be fixed up. So in my like dream life, I am fixing those up. So I love the bench because of that. I would love to grab one of those and fix it up. Our visitor last week grew up in the bench area. He talked about that, Zach, and also owns a house there now. So he's in that area. And it's super hot. That's where like... The millennials, if you've heard of those guys, that's where they want to be because of that same exact reason. So it's kind of cute. Oh, it's hot. It's booming. (laughs) If you want to live anywhere, you want to live there, people, the bench. Uh, That's right. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So they, that, that area is cool and it's super transitional. So there's some houses that have already been remodeled and are super cool and awesome and hot. And then there's those that still need a lot of love, which is what I love about it. Um, was that the answer? Was that? What well, was the, no, that was amazing. Is there another one outside of the Boise area? Outside, so like I, in the yeah, greater I, Treasure Valley. I do not do much outside of the Boise area. So I primarily focus on Boise Eagle Meridian. I've done a little bit in Cuna, but I try not to do too much. It just is there an Eagle Meridian one that stands out? That's I do love Eagle or? just because that's where I live. I live in Eagle, and I just love that you can still find, um, well, here where we are now, you can still find an acre, but um, there aren't very many places anymore where you can find an acre. Eagle, you can, so I like that. What's a good neighborhood in Eagle that has an acre that's, you know, a nice community, yeah. a nice feel? So if, so I always have my eye on the Banbury, like the old Banbury. Oh, okay. Do we know what I'm talking about oh, when yeah. I say yes. old Banbury? So if anything were to come up in there, I go see everything that comes up in there because that's kind of my dream little neighborhood. It's old, mature trees, acres, and unfortunately, the layouts are kind of older and hard to fix to meet my needs. Yeah. But I love those houses in there so much. Is the new Banbury blowing up? Because I each time I've golfed there starting last spring mm-hmm. or maybe a hair before that, they're building a ton on the back the, side yeah, of the golf course. All the Zach Evans is, houses back Is that there. just going yes, so Yes, and they're quick? so expensive. I can't even believe How it. How do you get back there? Do you have to like go up from Shinden and come down? You or can is it go that. So yeah, you can go all the way down Locust Grove. Oh, like go okay. north Locust Grove and it dumps you right in there. Or you can go um You can still go Oak-Hampton. off of Eagle? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, those houses back there are crazy. Wow. They're cool. They're very nice. Really cool. Modern, super modern. Thank you for talking real estate with us, educating us. We love it. And we know it's summer, and we know you love camping. What are your plans for camping this summer? Oh, man. Camping. I love camping. I wish everyone could see her face right now. (laughs) That's why we need to get video going on this. Oh, man. My family family and I just took our little 16-foot camper, went up to McCall, uh, McCall Resort RV, wonderful. I'm going to plug them. It was amazing. 
Um, they had an indoor. Sorry if you hear that. We're passing out gushers right now. <laughs> We're talking camping. Gushers are coming out. Ooh, that's yep. good. Um, so we stayed up there. It was it was awesome. It really was. So Becca, yeah, tell us about mm. camping. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I'm got to chew my gusher. <laughs> I hate camping. <laughs> camping is so my you, least favorite thing in the whole world. You put me up to a trick question. <laughs> Dusty yep. has this underlined four times. Ask her about camping. <laughs> So last year, so here's here's why I say this because we went on little camping little weekend. That was two nights. Oh, t- <laughs> two <laughs> nights of camping. Uh, there was an RV there. Uh-huh. We had our camper, which only fits like two and a half people. Um, and Becca did not stay with us. Where did you stay? Well, we were really close to the Ashley Inn, so I just zipped down to the Ashley Inn real fast the first night. Stayed there for the night. That wasn't planned. I was planning on camping. Then the second night... Wait, wait, wait. What stopped you? What's that? What stopped you from camping? You were planning on camping and you ended up there. Yeah, I hate camping. It was... But it was like... (laughs) I I think it was raining that night or something. It rained a little. It was like 9.30 at night. She's like, I'm going to the Ashley Inn. You will not stop me. (laughs) Yeah, and then... uh Uh-oh. Did I get this? Yeah, you got it. So then the second night, I went back to the Ashley Inn, and I drove into the hotel. Does everyone know what the Ashley Inn is? It's where in is Cascade. that at? It's in, in Cascade. Cascade. Yeah, it was Cascade. like 10 minutes from where we were camping. And um, I walked into the lobby and with my rolly bag and my pillow, and I went to the front desk, and I said, can I have a room, please, for tonight? And she looked at me, and she said, oh, we're full. And I said... What do you mean you're full? She said, we don't have any rooms. I said, I'm going to need you to check again. <laughs> and she said, I just did it. We're full. We have no more rooms. And I said, you don't understand. I cannot go back to the <laughs> campground. They won't let me in. <laughs> they had no more room at the inn that night. And I had to go back to the campground with my rolly bag and my pillow. And my gracious friends let me back on camp. And, and how was it? It was Okay. So our friend that grew up in the jungles of Colombia <laughs> doesn't enjoy camping. I guess no. not. So I, if we invite, what is it you, about it? Can we just tell us yeah. a couple things? I or, so I just I love to shower. I shower twice a day. I like to shower in the morning, and I like to shower before I go to bed at night. It's like my bath. It's like you know how some people like to take a bath to relax at night. I shower. Stop laughing. <laughs> no, this is just the most personal we've gotten with any guest. We we enjoy it. Becca showers <laughs> twice a day, damn it. And twice she, a day. She's proud. So is, is it anything else like outside of the showers? Would you like camping? Well, I like sleeping in a comfortable bed. Okay. That's, That's pretty a big good too. point. It's not enough to deter me, but my big thing is mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. I yeah. definitely hate mosquitoes. You can add that to my list, And then too. with girls, I don't like um, wasps or bees. So yeah. some ca- campgrounds will potentially have that. Yeah. But so, for me, everything else is just amazing. So it outweighs those couple inconveniences. Hmm. But we're going, we're camping, what, two weeks from now? Is that? Our families. Is that two weeks from now? Yeah. And So you are, oh my she gosh, is, she gasped. She's renting a nice trailer, like RV uh-huh. trailer. It's being delivered for me. It's being delivered up to the spot for her. And she's going to try to stay for two nights two nights we're doing it two nights right yeah yeah as a real estate agent i think she needs to invest in 
a cabin. Yeah. Which is technically camping. Yeah. Like you're getting up in the mountains and you're getting out of town. Or maybe just property and then drop a tiny home on it or something like that. See, the other thing is, is like the clean, like I really like to be clean, like because the showers, right? And I also like my space to be clean. So like when all the kids come in the RV and then there's the dirt and stuff, that's kind of hard for me. Yeah, I don't like that part either. Yeah. Kara, Kara. (laughs) Stop laughing, Zach. (laughs) I think Kara, my wife's favorite part of camping is coming back and using her, the vacuum to clean out the camper. So it's perfect and ready for the next time. Like that gives her so That's much joy. Kara's favorite part of camping. Yeah. Do you think the people that I'm renting the RV from will clean it? Oh yeah, yeah they're okay. awesome. That's I would check the policy. They probably will for a price. <laughs> yeah, lots of chicken. Knowing they, you and what you just said, it sounds like you'll be cleaning it nonstop the whole damn trip, and well, there won't be any do time they for do, anything else. They'll do like the emptying, right? You know what I mean. Yes, they yes. will because they're delivering it and they're picking it up. So okay. you don't have to empty anything. Okay. Um, I think this is a great one for Hot Mike to step up step up to the plate, hit a home run. He'll take care of all of that. Okay. You yep. just go along for the for ride, it. enjoy what parts of it you can. Yeah. Sounds what good. What about you you're um athletic and a fit person? Like do you enjoy Me? hiking or <laughs> yes. uh canoeing or kayaking or that's so nice of you i'm not athletic but i appreciate you saying that um no i don't enjoy any of that (laughs) oh gosh but she's really funny very funny i love going to the pool yeah laying by the pool so you're a great swimmer oh no laying by the pool damn it (laughs) i like we'll find something here you know what though where are you guys going dusty we're going up to um garden uh, valley garden valley Oh, perfect. Yeah. I do like playing pickleball here, but I don't like it when there's people watching. Yeah. Smaller smaller tournaments that I'm we not have. Very good. She I'll yeah. play. Does oh. that connect back to the high school days when the rich kids were kicking ass at pickleball and you were like, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I, oh, I can't don't watch me. Damn I didn't it. play any sports in high school. Well, that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. You've been an amazing visitor. Do in- you watch sports? I love watching football. I'm a huge football fan. And what what's teams? your team? Seahawks. Oh. oh, gosh darn it. Dusty, quit booking these visitors that love the Seahawks, my <laughs> I'm friend. I'm sorry. I'll stop. She'll be the last one we have. <laughs> no, we need it for a good debate. We do. What are your thoughts on this season? They signed Russell to a big contract. Yeah. I. It's a little disappointing, to be honest. I think he's being a little bit selfish, and we'll see how it plays out. We're going to beat you guys this year twice. Oh, boy. We'll see how that goes. I mean. So before I met Zach and all of our other Niner friends, it was Becca and her family and all their friends. They're all from Seattle. And so, no joke, we'd have a Seahawks Niners party. I thought they were from Columbia. I thought when she she said I like football, I thought it was football. (laughs) And we were going to start talking about Women's World Cup or something. Uh, No. But no. Okay. No. So it was always Seahawk fans and me, but now Ezra is with me, my son, and now we have a nice crew of Niner fans. So I don't feel people as... have met Kyle. We'll yep. we'll Kyle's have some one. others on here. Yep. So now we can have a Niner Seahawks game with about half hmm. of each, and it'll be great. I liked it how it was before. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's be bold and throw it out there for that first matchup. Let's just call it Side Yard Party. Let's and do let's it. Let's throw it and make it happen here. Sounds great. And uh, if we get enough people, we'll have an indoor watch party, an outdoor watch party at the side yard and see what happens. Maybe a live stream podcast that night. We'll see. Yeah, and if it gets too uh, aggressive, the Seahawks <laughs> fans can watch in one area and the Niners <laughs> fans in the other. Exactly. Are you in? Sure. Okay, sounds great. I'm always in Perfect. for football. We'll look up the date and we'll book that one. Becca, we've enjoyed having you on here. You did talk a lot about your real estate experience. You gave us some great stories and answered our questions. We enjoyed that. We did want to give you a chance to tell us how people find you, um, what group you work for, and give us some of those details. So when our listeners hear this and are excited about it, how can they get a hold of you? Awesome. Yes. Thank you. So I work for a small private brokerage called Triple Cord Real Estate. And you can contact me at, wait, hang on. Is that what you just asked me? My yeah. contact? Yeah, email? exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just how do they get a hold of you if they're like, Becca, because I went to the Young Life Golf Tournament. You sponsored the dinner. I love the dinner. I have your business card in my wallet. I enjoy you for doing things like that in cool. the community and giving back. So thank you for that. Awesome. How can our listeners get a hold of you if they say, I've got real estate real estate needs and I need an agent? Awesome. Yeah. So Triple Cord is my brokerage and you can find me at triplecord.com backslash Becca and it's B-E-C-K-A. Or you can email me at Becca, B-E-C-K-A at triplecord.com. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's how you can get a hold of Becca. If you need an agent and you need to talk to somebody about real estate in Boise, in the Treasure Valley, please get a hold of her. And um, we really appreciate her being on here with us tonight. As we end our show, we will definitely go to our final segment, Winners and Losers. And tonight, I'd like to start off with Dusty. Okay. And what is your winner and loser? Okay, so I'm going to start off with the loser this week. My loser is Burger King. Have you seen this video of the Burger King employee cleaning the tables? No. I haven't. You haven't? Okay, I'm going to show you. So here's a video. I don't know if it's going to play. Oh, well. Well, that's weird. So you can watch a video later. Um, There's a video of a Burger King employee using a mop. To clean tables. Oh, gross. A mop to clean tables, and Burger King has come out. That is unacceptable. We're going to train them more and this and that. But oh. Like at the end of the night? End like of the closing night. Closing down the shop and yeah. just mopping stuff? Yeah, yeah someone, so there's a, a taped it. person who ate there, came oh. out, and for some reason, they were sitting in their car and saw this, started videotaping it, of a guy using the mop to clean the top of the tables. Oh, gross. And then clean the floor. Oh. Loser. I don't know if I'll eat at Burger King again. Because that just, I, I know they don't all do that, but that one was tough for me. So that's my loser. The winner is me. <laughs> You've said this before. Yeah. Yeah. You, come no, on I've called now. myself a loser Honestly. before. I've called myself a loser. No, you said loser. winner because you were out of school and you have the summer oh, yeah. off as a that's teacher. It. Uh, it's me again because I'm taking my son, uh, my youngest son, on Wednesday to a his first sleepaway camp. And I'm 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 actually excited. I'm a little nervous because it's a bunch of dads with their sons at this church camp, and uh, my youngest son Jonah is super excited. We went and got contraband candy, 
So he's like, Dad, can we t- can we take this? Yeah, we're gonna like take candy it. cigarettes or what are no. you talking about? Contraband? <laughs> no, like uh, like fruit by the foot. I wish no Skittles and like sour gummies or whatever. There Cute. you go. That's and awesome. he's just he was like, "Are you sure we can take this?" I said, "Not gonna kick me out. I'm taking candy." <laughs> We're going to be the cool kids. You should have told him, no, we can't, but I want you to figure out where to hide this in your suitcase, buddy. That's right. And my oldest son said, Dad, they check, their, they check your uh, your bags. They're not going to check my bag. So check your bag? That's what I heard. So anyways, uh, it's not just me. It's my son, me, uh, I think Becca's husband is mm-hmm. taking their son, a few other friends taking their boys. And I, I think most of the time it's going to just be the guy, the dad's competing on who can throw a tomahawk the best and <laughs> all this other stuff well i hope you win the man challenge my friend me too and you do win it i guess you're a winner for participating right you. taking yeah. your son and yeah so i'm, that's I'm excited one. that's we're the winners we are all the winners not just me nicely done thank you for sharing and we'll shift over to becca mm-hmm. becca what are your winners and losers my loser is the old man who tried to shut down my kid's lemonade stand this week. No. For real. Oh, oh my gosh. We should have started the whole thing with this story. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Tell us more. Please. So my kids were at VBS last week, and they were the VBS was raising money for an orphanage in Myanmar. So my kids... Wa- I saw the post. Yeah. My kids wanted to do a lemonade stand to raise money for the orphanage, the orphans, the children who needed shoes to go to school. So we drove to the front of our neighborhood where Costa Vida is and took us, you know, 20 minutes to drive there, unload everything. People, my kids are crying because someone hit the table on the other kid and the lemonade is heavy and all this. And it just took forever to set up. And no joke, as soon as our butts hit our chairs, the guy, old man on his bike pulls up and says, do you live in Foxtail? And I said, no, I live in Ashbury. And he said, well, you can't do this if you don't live in Foxdale. And I looked at him and I said, you're not going to shut me down, are you? I said, look at my kids. They're raising money for an orphanage. Please don't shut me down. And he stood there for 10 minutes talking to me about how I shouldn't be there and I needed to get (laughs) approval and how long am I going to be there and all that. So he's the loser. He ended up letting me stay. He's still a loser. 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 And my winner is Cardi B. Oh, okay. Have you seen her? Have you seen her today? No. Have you seen her picture of her feet? No. no. Should I have? You should see the picture of her feet. Because she had her latest round of lipo. Because she doesn't like to work out. She'd rather have lipo suction. Liposuction. And she got on an airplane and flew. And her feet blew up. Three times the size that they are normally. So, Whoa. so like the Nutty <laughs> Professor, dude. I remember that movie. No. Yeah. Look. Oh my gosh. So she wins because she oh, doesn't work no. out and she gets lipo. Wow. Or maybe she's actually the why, loser too. Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my! If you haven't seen that, just all Google. I did was typed in Cardi B feet. <laughs> the winner slash maybe loser. Oh and my she keeps goodness. doing it. She says that happens every time. So she's like oh, the gosh. loser winner. Winner loser. Winner loser. She yeah. might end up being uh, somebody that has to tour by bus. <laughs> kind of like the country stars and different different guys that won't fly. They're just like, no, we'll just drive from town to town. She's too much. That's impressive. My word. All right, Zach, what about you? Winners and losers. 
Okay, my winner. Uh, last week when we talked to Zach, one thing we were excited about was our sister's birthday. Um, and we went out, and Carly, you are the winner. It was a wonderful birthday. You brought together a great cast of characters, and we had a fun night on the town. Uh, started at the handlebar, had a couple beers, playing ping pong, chatting. And just everywhere we went that night in downtown Boise, it was a fun time. We love you. Happy birthday. You're the best. You are the winner. And I hope it was a special night for you. It was definitely fun for Zach and Danielle and myself. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Carly. Happy birthday. And then my loser is from the same night as I'm leaving the dance party at the balcony. I'm coming down the escalators <laughs> with my wife and... A, a guy is going up the escalators with his friend and decides to turn around and make some comments about my wife. I didn't think they were appropriate, and so I said something. Yeah, you did. And um, he didn't like the color of my skin, so he called me out for being a white person. And I said, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Come down the escalator and let's settle this. And he came back down the escalator, and I was happy that I stood my ground and stood up for my wife yes. as soon as he got down there. Maybe because I'm a little <laughs> larger than most, he <laughs> kind of backed off. Yep. We did have a little words face-to-face, -face, uh, but he did apologize. He is my loser, but good on him for humbling himself before right. my awesome power <laughs> and saying he was sorry he didn't realize that was my wife. But also, you're the loser because don't treat any, any women like that. That's right. That's Even right. if they don't have a dude that will stand up for them, don't be making those booty calls. Don't be making those cat calls. Let's not do that, gentlemen. Come on. It's 2019. Let's move beyond that, please. I'm proud of you. I really Thank am. You. That's, that's huge for a husband to stand up. Or hopefully, I'll call out any gentleman who sees that happening, needs to stand up and say, don't do that. Exactly. No. And the things that I said to him wasn't even necessarily aggressive. It was just like, hey, why are you saying this? What are you talking about? But he didn't take kindly to that. And so it did progress a little bit. Um, but I think it's definitely a time where, you know, I've got a beautiful wife. I've got three beautiful daughters. And I will be the one that does stand up and says something. I won't necessarily aggress and create a situation but i will say something for them and other women that i see if they're getting you know i mean that was just blatant yeah. i won't repeat what he said but it okay. really just it triggered me loser. i was triggered and i did respond loser 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 becca thank you for being with us tonight and as we say to every visitor that comes and talks with us thank you so much for letting us know you Thank you for being known.